Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Friday, August 12th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability in totals using hitter projections and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data in order to make one money line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain what the model or I like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to see it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, yesterday we had 1A play. It did not go uh, the way we wanted the B plays and C plays, though, helped us get to an overall profitable day. So no complaints here on my end on yesterday's short slate. And hopefully, I tweeted about this, hopefully I was able to steer you away from the over, at least, in that Field of Dreams game last night. Uh, so not a bad night on that shorter slate. A lot more interesting things today. But before we get to that, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you are, yeah, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way, assuming you turn notifications on, to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. And as a reminder, we've partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to bet on the horses, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. And today, their favorite play is over at Saratoga Race 3. Check out their YouTube shows or website. The links are in the show's description. We're going to start us off today here. No afternoon games. The first game. Earlier in the evening will be a 640 East 2 first pitch between the Braves and the Marlins. Jake Odorisi versus Pablo Lopez. Odorisi has a 376 ERA. Underlying metrics say it should be a little bit higher than that. It's a very average rating according to the model. Odorisi is a fairly high variance guy, though. He's had some pretty rough outings. He's had some stretches where he's looked really good. The benefit that I think the Braves have today behind Odorisi, and the reason I'm on a B-pick here with the Braves, despite the small mathematical advantage, is I think they have a lot of flexibility with Odorisi to turn his start into something better because they have such a good bullpen and they have so many good arms that they can throw behind him. It's not a situation where you've got an average pitcher and if he's struggling, you really want to get depth out of him. If he's not on, which is very possible, they can go to that bullpen really quickly. They did off the yesterday. Everybody should be rested. And so I think that flexibility turns what's just an average pitcher in Odorisi into one that they can probably maximize his potential in there. So I think there's still an edge to the starting in the starting pitcher here for the Marlins throwing Pablo Lopez, but I don't think it's by quite as much as the model would seem to indicate and as much as the ratings would seem to indicate. Of course, Pablo Lopez, again, a guy who's very solid, consistently good, and a guy we've loved backing if possible. 357 ERA and the underlying metrics align with that fairly well. Of course, outside of that starting pitcher edge, that's the only place the Marlins will have an edge. Everywhere else, it'll be advantage Braves. By a lot, their offense is a lot better than the Marlins. Their offense above average. Marlins' offense fairly terrible. And, of course, relievers are solid as well. The other thing to keep in note is the Marlins used all their good relievers yesterday. 
kind of trying to hold the Phillies down and thanks to some late game uh, struggles. A lot of those guys threw a lot of pitches and either won't be as effective or won't be available today. So I think there's a bigger Braves advantage in the model would seem to indicate here. Model says minus 136. I think it's probably a little bit more than that. So I'm comfortable, even though the edge is small, according to the model, I think 134 offers some decent value on the Braves. I think it's a B grade for me. I think they're fairly more likely to win this game than lose. Not a lock, not an A play, but one that I like. I just don't love the price here. If I could get a price in the mid minus 120s, that would be an A grade play. Again, Pablo Lopez at home. Not a pitcher you really love fading, but I think the Braves are the right spot in here, and this price isn't that large, and so it's a B-grade pick for me on Atlanta. Game has a total of 7.5. Model says 7.3. Under, I think, is the solid way to look here on this one as well. It'd probably be the direction I would look. That's what the model says. I would tend to agree with that. Again, Pablo Lopez, great pitcher. And like I said, I think that the uh, Braves can't utilize Odorisi in a positive fashion with that bullpen as well. Um, obviously, a Marlins team total under is always an exciting play, given how bad their offense can be. So those are kind of the under directions I would look there. But again, main play here, Braves, at a good price at minus 133, gets that B grade from me. 7-5 Eastern first pitch, Padres at the Nationals. This series ought to be fairly lopsided. A pretty good Padres team playing a pretty bad Nationals team. Weather-wise, it'll be in the upper 70s in Washington, around 70 degrees to close. Winds will blow, be blowing in from left field at about 5 miles an hour from this one. Not much of a wind effect there. But a chillier night for August standards, at least by the time this game ends. Mike Clevenger versus Corey Abbott. Abbott will be a guy who doesn't project to go very deep. We'll get into that. Fairly rough Nats bullpen here. Clevenger, 360 ERA. Underlying metrics say it should be almost a half run higher. Uh, an above average starting pitcher for the Padres. Of course, one that should have success against a bad Nats offense. Edges everywhere here across the board for the Padres. The question is just how much should they be favored by? And this one, I think the number is way out of hand. It's not to say the Padres don't win. I think they absolutely do. It's just, you, you know, yeah, you have to consider the price here. If your if your mindset is just oh the Padres should win, absolutely I agree with you. The Padres should win, but they're going to play three games this weekend. And hypothetically, in a world where let's say we're talking about a 10, 20, 50 game stretch or whatever, which is not exactly what we're talking about because they're not going to play this game fifty times. But games like this will happen 50 more times over the course of the baseball season. And in those type of games where the team should win, but you're paying such a huge premium, if you just say, oh, they should win and back home, you're going to win more than you lose, and yet you're going to lose money because you're paying too much of a premium. So it's not to say I don't think the Padres win. I just think the price is way out of whack here. A price like minus 250 in the Padres blows my mind. It's not a good play individually. It's not a good play in a parlay. You're adding way more risk than you're adding the payout. Model says it should be Padres minus 191. That still makes them solid road favorites. I mean, anytime you get up towards 200 on the road, it's a pretty large discrepancy. I've loved fading the Nats. The model has said fade the Nats, but in this case, it says to play them. It's either Nats or pass in this one. I would not back the Padres. If you want to pass, not a crazy idea. The model says there's enough of an edge that the Nats are worth a small investment on this game. I, I'm not going to you know, say that's 100% accurate or not, you know, it's hard to really say. I, I think they're worth a look at these prices, like plus 224. It's a C-grade pick. 
not so much because of the, the confidence level, of course, it's not that I really think the Nats will win. It's that we're going to win over two units if we get this pick right. So we don't need to be over-invested because the payout's so large. And again, the Padres should win this game, so I don't want to be invested too much. But I think it's worth a look given the payout here. If, if you're comfortable playing some underdogs, small wage runnel makes a little bit of sense. Or if nothing else, like I said, just completely pass on this one because... I would not be backing the Padres at that premium. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Even if the Padres win two out of three this weekend at these prices, if you back the Padres all three times, you'd lose money. And you never know. Weird things happen, right? Remember the um, this this Nats team went into L.A., won a couple games, you know, recently. The, the A's, you know, beating the Astros a handful of times. I mean, the, the Nats could win two out of three here, and we just all look and be like, yeah, baseball's weird, right? That doesn't mean the Padres can't sweep. It just means if you're backing the Padres at these price, they have to sweep in order for you to make money. And I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm just saying it's not easy to go on the road and sweep a team because baseball's random. Weird things happen. So to me, it's Padres or pass. I'll be on the Nats here with a C-grade pick, plus 224. And the total might offer some value in this one. Model says total of eight. I'm seeing a total of nine here. Um, the Nats obviously not a lot in the way of pitching, but the model thinks that their relievers aren't as bad bad as a team that might have just sold off all their relievers it says that they still rake you know below average of course but not truly terrible they're not at the level of some of the worst teams and so the model thinks that the nets have enough relievers to keep this score not out of hand and so the model says total of eight you're actually able to go under nine under nine might be worth a look here you never really expect the nets to score much especially against an above average pitcher and again, the Nats pitchers aren't terrible. Padres offense, of course, still very good. Um, it's one of those things that they're going to have to get most of this to this nine by themselves. And the model thinks that's not that likely. So under might be something to keep an eye on here in this one. So at a 5 Eastern start time, Guardians at the Blue Jays. It'll be Cal Quantrill versus Jose Barrios. It's a tale of two pitchers when you look at the ERAs. Quantrill's at 388 and Barrios is at 519, but the underlying metrics for these guys are pretty similar. So that's something to keep in mind here, that the Guardians' edge is not because Quantrill's ERA is better than Barrios. Uh, the underlying metrics have them about the same, and the model actually thinks Barrios is the better pitcher here. Um, it gives him about a six-point advantage with regards to... Um, um, the rating system and the scaling that, that the model is using here. So Barrios will start slightly better starting pitcher here. Games in Toronto. The Blue Jays should be favored. Again, the question is just by how much. Model says it should be minus 115. Model says that the Blue Jays here really should have home field advantage, and that's it. The reason why is while the Blue Jays have an edge with regards to the starters, the edge on the starting pitcher is very, very small, but the edge with the relievers is pretty heavily tilted towards the Guardians. And so it says the Blue Jays should be home field advantage, maybe a tiny bit more, but not by that much. And again, we talk about the Blue Jays, this uh, offense right now, not, not really clicking. And an offense that, again, against lefties looks really good, against righties, as right-handed heavy as they are, actually has pretty even with the Guardians, righty versus righty. Now, overall, um, you do expect to see a lefty or two uh, in the reliever. So, again, the Blue Jays, a slight edge on offense, but it's really small because, again, their biggest edge is facing a lefty, not against a righty. So the model says a slight edge to the Blue Jays on offense and a slight edge with regards to the starting pitcher, but it's mostly wiped out by the massive discrepancy between these two teams' relievers. 
Guardians at a price like plus 149 is way too good to pass up. It's an A-grade play for me. It's a coin toss type game. At plus 149, if this is a tight ball game, I love our chances here. It doesn't mean we're going to win. It just means that these odds, it's worth an investment day in and day out in the long run. It's going to be profitable for us. doesn't mean they win this game. just means I think they got a chance. I think Quantrill can keep them in it. Barrios has been kind of up and down and all over the place, so who really knows what you're going to get? And again, that's exactly what you want in a plus 149 type scenario where you're going to get a lot of value here. I want chaos. I want who knows what's going to happen. And then at that point, I'm playing the odds here. Plus 149, it's great value here for me on the Guardians. Model says total of 9.3. Expects a lot of runs. I'm seeing actual total of 8.5. So it might be one of my favorite overs of the day here. Both these offenses are solid. Again, I talked about the Blue Jays offense not as good against righties. It's still above average against righties. This Guardians offense above average as well. Both pitchers kind of meh can kind of give up some runs. The model indicates here that the total should be more like nine, nine and a half rather than eight and a half. Phillies at the Mets, 710 start time. Around 80 degrees to start, mid-70s to finish on this one. The wind's blowing in around 5 to 10 miles an hour. So, again, some cooler weather here for August. Ranger Suarez versus Max Scherzer. Suarez continuing to pitch impressive. Again, I swear every time he pitches, his, his rating gets one point better. He just continues to look good, kind of finding that magic yet from last year. His ERA on the season is down to 368, and the underlying metrics say that's fairly accurate as well. Like what we've seen from him going in the right direction. Of course, we've got a tough assignment with this Mets team that's pretty good, but a Mets team that is very left-handed and switch hitter heavy. So a Mets offense that gets a ding when facing a lefty, something to keep in mind here. Against Max Scherzer, who's obviously fantastic, a 198 ERA in his 15 outings this season. Obviously a guy who can give you a ton of length. And it's not that the Mets relievers are bad, because they're obviously pretty good. But that's obviously better if you can just say the starter can go 7 or 8. And obviously Scherzer has the opportunity to do that. Now, his underlying metrics, not as shiny as that ERA, but still in the upper twos. A great pitcher, the second best pitcher in my database at this point, right behind DeGrom. I mean, it, it's it's a starting pitcher edge towards the Mets, but I think it's not as much as the odds would indicate. And here's why. You like what you've seen from Suarez. He's definitely a tier down from, from Scherzer. Almost every pitcher is. There's only a handful that aren't. But the lefty-righty thing here I think matters. Model says that against a righty, the Phillies offense is about as good as the Mets offense against a lefty. That's not the case with the Mets against a righty. Mets against a righty, I like their offense a lot more than I like the Phillies offense. But this Phillies offense is fairly balanced. doesn't really matter which, which way you throw against them, but it does for the Mets. And so their offenses here I think are pretty even. Starting pitcher edge, relievers, the Phillies relievers have been pretty solid. Kind of cancels out with the Mets. I, this number is way out of hand. It's 100% Phillies or pass to me. And this one, I really do think the Phillies are worth an investment. It's hard to go against Matt Scherzer, but he's not going to win every start. And his team's not going to win every start. We, we know that. No matter how, I mean, it, if nothing else, just remember Jacob DeGrom and how just blind fading him over the last, you know, three, four years, how profitable that would be the best pitcher in that span as well. So you have to remember, right, the pitcher can only do so much. He can't score the runs unless it's Otani, and even that's not always guaranteed, right? You have relievers that matter. You have the other team's pitchers that matter. Again, this is an above-average offense for the Phillies, and again, the Mets facing a lefty isn't their strength. 
So it's Phillies or pass. And like I said, I really think the Phillies are worth an investment here. At plus 192, it's a B-grade pick. It's massive plus odds, but it's a massive edge according to the model. The model says it should only be 167. Biggest thing here is doesn't mean the Mets don't win. They should win. They're more likely to win, but paying prices like minus 210 in a game that they should be favored only in the 160s or 170s. It's just a massive overprice. So I like the Phillies. I think they're worth a look. I think they got a shot throwing a lefty here in a game that should be really low scoring. And in that sort of situation, again, I'm looking for a low scoring tight game. Anything can happen. And at that point, I love this plus 192 type value that we're offering. Two units to win almost four is a pretty good investment in my opinion here. Total of seven, models of 6.2, absolutely another spot I'd be looking for under in. Again, I really think that this Mets offense against a lefty not as strong as would be against a righty. The model's thinking about that and, again, thinks that this total should be priced at 6.5, and and I'd still probably go under 6.5. So this would be a strong underplay here in my mind. 7-10 Eastern first pitch, Orioles at the Rays. Austin Voth versus Corey Kluber. Kluber is a guy that the model hasn't really liked this season and is mostly faded. So interestingly enough here, we have a raise edge here. Model says it should be raise minus 165. I love the raise at this price of minus 141. We've backed the Orioles a lot. We faded the raise a lot, but now that it's flipped, I think it's time to jump all over it. The price on the raise here is a little short. My opinion at minus 141, it's an A-grade play. For me, again, model says it should be 165. Massive starting pitcher edge here for the Rays with Kluber against Voth. Not that I don't like Voth. It's just uh, he, he's an average pitcher at best, and he's not a guy who's going to give you a lot of length. And that Oros bullpen is still good, but when you need a lot of innings from your relievers, all it takes is one of them to not have a good inning, and all of a sudden things can go south in a hurry. So you've got a pretty big pitcher edge here for the Rays. Kluber, again, that 405 ERA, underlying metrics say it should be more around three and a half. So again, I think I expect good things here from Kluber. The Orioles' offense is still below average. Their strength is their relievers and their pitching, but Voth, not a great starter here. I think the Rays have enough to get this done, and again, I think this price of minus 141 is pretty short. A great play for me on the Rays. Total that's priced fairly well. Model says 7.3, and the actual total is seven and a half. Probably one I'd go under on as well. I think the model might be selling Voth and this Orioles set of relievers pretty short, but I don't see them scoring much on Kluber in that park. I expect a fairly low-scoring game. I expect the Rays to win something in the range of like 4-2. to two. <clears throat> Tigers to the White Sox, 7-10 Eastern start time. It'll be mid-70s in Chicago to start, low-70s to close. Winds will be blowing in 5 to 10 miles an hour, so more pitcher-friendly weather here and a cooler August night. Daniel Norris versus Michael Kopech. Kopech's the guy I've talked about. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors, and a guy I've looked to fade one way or the other, whether it's going over or going against him. He has a shiny 338 ERA, but the underlying metrics say that should be in the upper fours. It says he's, again, not nearly as good as that ERA indicates. Now, of course, against this terrible Tigers offense, if he's going to continue to have success, it wouldn't surprise me to have success tonight just because he, who he's facing. It's more about when he's facing a good team. I do expect uh, his ERA to come climbing north at some point later in the season. Um, again, Kopech, not really a guy I believe that much. And Daniel Norris, not expected to go very deep and turn it over to the rest of that Tigers bullpen, kind of a bullpenish type game here for them. Solid relievers. It's talked about, though, the more relievers you throw, something bad's going to happen to the models, indicating, you know, they're probably going to give up some runs at some point. Um, the issue just being um, the Tigers' relievers are, are solid. 
White Sox offense hits lefties well, so it's definitely a situation where I don't want to see Daniel Norris going too deep here, kind of maybe go hard one time through the lineup and then turn it over to a bunch of righties because the longer he stays in the game, the more likely it is that bad things happen for the Tigers given how well the White Sox hit lefties. Again, the Tigers offense really bad, so the White Sox have a big edge there. The White Sox should be favored, question as always, by how much model says it should be 167 or 176, excuse me, 176. So I'm taking the Tigers at plus 182. Small edge on the Tigers. It's Tigers are pass at these numbers. I would need a number around minus 175, maybe minus 180 to back the White Sox. And right now we're seeing about minus 200. So no value at all in the White Sox. They probably win. They are the better team there at home. But again, I think the price is just not in worthy of an investment. I'm looking at the underdog here. Tigers have a chance. You never know what's going to happen with all their relievers and how they're going to mix and match that. Could keep the White Sox bats off balance. Should stay lower scoring. Another situation where I like the under here tonight. The total is 8.5 and the model says 7.7. Again, chillier nights here tonight in August that's going to keep the ball from flying out of the ballpark quite so fast. And again, winds blowing in. Not too strong, but just enough to maybe knock us down an extra five feet and that might be the difference between a home run and a warning track fly out. So I think the Tigers got a chance here in a lower scoring game when I'd be looking under. And again, if you pass on the Tigers, that doesn't, that wouldn't be crazy in my opinion. Tigers offense, again, terrible. But if they're going to have success, it's going to be on a guy like Kopech, who again, I don't think is that good. Model indicates is below average. And again, a situation where I, I just don't think the White Sox edges are as strong as the sportsbooks would indicate. So I just wouldn't be laying those big prices like minus 200 on the White Sox. I don't think there's a lot of value in that, in my opinion. 7-10 start time. Yankees at the Red Sox. It'll be another chilly one here in Boston. Around 70 degrees for most of this game. Winds will be blowing in around 5 miles an hour. Tomiko Herman versus Nathan Eovaldi. Domingo Herman, a guy I don't really believe in. 509 ERA in his four outings. Underlying metrics say it should actually be a little bit worse than that. Overall, uh, he projects to be fairly average. I don't think he's quite as bad as that as those numbers. I just think he's an average pitcher. Um, you never know what a team's trying to do with who they're trading for, and obviously you don't necessarily need five starting pitchers for the playoffs, but of course you think about the Yankees trading away a guy like Jordan Montgomery, I think is a much better pitcher than Herman is. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Of course, it always matters about who you're getting back in that sort of situation as well. Um, but Herman, not a guy who I, I really have a lot of faith in. I think he's just average at best. Eovaldi, not a great ERA on the season at 423, but the underlying metrics say it should be more in the upper threes. And that's about how he projects to be an upper three ERA type pitcher, above average, not fantastic, but above average. Red Sox will have the edge there with regards to the starting pitcher and offensively, Against righties, these two teams project about the same. This Red Sox offense is still pretty solid. They get a tiny boost facing a righty as they've got a handful of lefties and switch hitters. Where the Yankees offense gets a little bit of a ding against righties. Yankees offense still better, but it's not as big of a discrepancy. Now, if you flip this and you go lefty versus lefty, the Yankees offense has a pretty big edge against the Red Sox at that point. But righty, righty, the edge is small. It's still there. It's still there. Yankees offense still better against the right. You don't want to make sure you don't want you to mishear me on that, but it's not that large, tiny edge with regards to the offense there in, in a righty versus righty scenario. And of course, the Yankees have a better bullpen, so that matters. 
But the edge that the Red Sox have with regards to the starting pitcher and the game being in Boston, I've got Red Sox minus 109. I think they should be slight favorites. I think it's a coin toss game, slight edge Red Sox at plus 107. That's tremendous value for me. It's an A-grade play. A game I think the Red Sox are slightly more likely to win than lose. Where the game is being played matters. The fact that Eovaldi is a better pitcher than Herman matters. I think the Red Sox have a chance in this one. I think they're slightly more likely to win than not. At plus 107, that offers pretty good value, in my opinion. So it's an A-grade play for me on the Red Sox here in this one. And a total that I think is priced very accurate. Model says 9.1. Actual total is 9. And again, I, I look at 9 and I think, I mean, you might push <laughs> whichever way you go. And I don't think over or under offers a ton of value either way. I could see either type of game being played here. So I think it's a total market that's priced very well. But I think the side... The, the side angle on this one is a complete mismatch here. I, I think that the books are overvaluing the Yankees way too much. I think the Red Sox are the way to look tonight in that one. To the 8 o'clock Eastern games, we'll start off with the Mariners at the Rangers. George Kirby versus Josh Spores, who will be the opener. We expect to see a little bit of Taylor Hearn in this one. He did pitch a couple of nights ago, but he's been more of a bulk-type guy because he did go Wednesday I assume he's not going to go five or six, maybe only three or four. But you have to imagine he's kind of the main bulk guy to get some innings here. Sports probably only going to go about two innings. So I expect to see some Taylor Hearn. Um, the Mariners offense now with Julio Rodriguez back does not project to have quite as extreme splits as they did without him. Without Rodriguez, their offense was below average against the lefty. With Rodriguez back, a big right-handed bopper in that lineup against the lefty, um, maybe slightly worse against right. They're still pretty left-handed heavy, but it's still an above-average offense, and the splits are a lot less, uh, a lot less different uh, according to the model. So the fact that Hearn's a lefty coming in, I don't really think means a whole lot. I think this Mariners offense still is above average and can handle lefties or righties, especially now that Rodriguez is back. Without him, that was probably a little bit of a different story. As I didn't like them against lefties nearly as much. But now they're back to being a pretty good offense, I think. Of course, great relievers. Kirby's an above-average starter. It's an 88-grade rating, 340 ERA. Underlying metrics lined up pretty well with that. And a guy you trust for sure. Rangers don't know exactly who they're going to give all the innings to. If Hearn hadn't pitched a couple days ago and I felt confident he could go six innings, maybe it's a little bit more comfortable. But this Rangers relievers are pretty terrible for the most part. I don't know how they're going to find nine good innings against the Mariners tonight. They might get a few, of course, but I just don't think they can hold them down for all nine. Rangers offense, that's just very average. I think the Mariners decide to be on tonight. I still think there's value. Not an A-grade play, though. We love backing the Mariners. But the odds here aren't quite worth an A-grade investment, in my opinion. Model says Mariners minus 175, so minus 166. I'm comfortable backing the Mariners to be grade play, especially as long as you're 170 or better. But at 166, only a B-grade investment. You're still paying a little bit of a premium here, so it's not worth a third... Uh, trying to win that third unit, in my opinion. Now, if this gets down into the 150s, now we're talking about A-grade value. But at 166, I think I like the Mariners. I just don't want to be that invested in them because, again, baseball's random, and so I don't want to lay too big odds in a situation where this Rangers offense at home, they, again, they do have an average offense. They are at home. Anything can happen in baseball. But, again, I like the Mariners here. I'm comfortable laying this price. And a game that, again, model says under, model says 7.9, totals 8.5. Again, tougher to say with the Rangers. They're not a team that I think has made a lot of sense with the totals. Every once in a while, they'll score a lot of runs, and the relievers will give up a lot of runs. Every once in a while, their offense disappears. 
So you don't really know what you're going to expect. Their offense could easily disappear tonight against Kirby and those good Mariners relievers. And at that point, you're relying on the Mariners to get you all the way over. So over is not a way I would look. Again, model says under. Under is not one that you feel really comfortable, though, given those Rangers relievers. The Mariners could score a lot of runs. So it's a total market that I might look under, but it's not one that I like. I think there's a lot of other better unders that we've already talked about in the show that make a lot more sense than this one would. Same start time here, 18 Eastern, first pitch, A's at the Astros. Adam Aller versus Luis Garcia. Aller, one of the worst starting pitchers in my database, gets a 131 rating. It's fairly terrible. I think the worst number we've seen all year is about 140. 763 ERA, and that's pitching half of his games in Oakland. Underlying metrics say it should be in the upper sixes. This guy is truly terrible. If the Astros decide to show up, they should score six, seven runs off of this guy um, pretty easily. And the rest of the A's relievers that are uh, below average, especially now that they've traded away uh, Trevino, of course. All are not good. Luis Garcia for the Astros, above average, but kind of a mixed bag as of late. He struggled at times, not looking as good as he did earlier in the season. A 393 ERA underlying metrics say that's pretty accurate. A decent pitcher, just maybe not quite, uh, you know, great. Should have some success against a bad A's offense. I mean, this is advantage Astros everywhere. I'm comfortable playing them at minus 315. It's kind of a B-minus pick. It's such huge odds, but the model says it should be minus 331. So since the Astros should be even bigger favorites than this, this A's team is very, very, very bad. There's really no other way to put it. This Astros team is, again, clearly one of the top three teams in baseball with the Yankees and the Dodgers. There's an edge on the Astros here. It's a B-minus pick. The odds are really huge. If Again, if you look run lines, maybe that's something you look here to help with the odds. Again, I'm sticking with a money line pick here in this one. The thing I want to address about this series, I know the A's beat the Astros those three games in Oakland. The Astros have kind of historically struggled in Oakland in that park. I'm not really sure why, um, even, even against – Against good A's teams, they have not won there hardly at all. And against even bad ones, they've, they've struggled there. But, you know, I look at those last three games and, and you know, kind of what happened three, four years ago against Oakland is kind of not relevant. A, first off, those A's teams were good. And second off, it's a whole new set of players for the A's. The Astros guys were some change too, right? You know, no Springer, no Correa, um, whole new set of relievers for the most part. But, you know, the A's team is completely different. So what happened then probably doesn't matter. What kind of matters, you look back at that last series, but I'm not going to buy what happened in three games. It's really predictive of what's going to happen this weekend. The Astros should sweep this series against the A's. It doesn't mean they will, and you have to be leery of the prices. I mean, the same thing I said about the Nats Padres applies here. The difference is I think the Astros are better than the Padres. I think that the Nats, as bad as they are, are still better than the A's. And those games being in Washington versus these games being in Houston, I think all those things matter. You still have to be leery of the price. Don't get me wrong here, but I'm not going to buy that because the A's won those previous games that they own the Astros. I don't think we have enough evidence to indicate that. And I'll say the same on the flip side. As an Astros fan, thinking about playing the Mariners in the playoffs, the Astros have owned the Mariners this season, but I'm still leery of facing the Mariners. I don't really think that's predictive either. I would be concerned as an Astros fan facing this Mariners team. Mariners team that's got pretty good offense, great relievers, and can throw three really good starters at you, um, three to four depending on you know how you feel about Ray, and, and, and the Astros can probably hit Ray pretty well. They have so far, and I think they would continue to. Again, they're, they're good against lefties. But, but my point being – the Ashers have owned the Mariners, and I don't really think that's predictive. And the Ashers have been owned by the A's here recently, but I don't think that's predictive either. I think the bottom line is that 
these you gotta the Astros have a decent pitcher in Garcia versus a very bad pitcher in Aller and a much better offense. I think the Astros decide to be on here. I think this price is still short. At 315, it's a B grade pick. Like I said, a B minus pick. I'd be more comfortable if it was closer to 300. I think the Astros win here. I'd love a price in the, in the it starts with a two. Um, I think I think those side to be on here, but again, it's not a a, pri- a price that I really am excited about. It's just again, model indicates there's value and values value, whether it's big minus or big plus. The value is there, and that's the case here. And this one, I'll be on the Astros tonight. And again, if the model says total should be nine, I'm seeing eight and a half. Over kind of makes some sense, I think, in this one as well. Garcia's not a guy that I think has has pitched well enough recently for me to think he's really going to shut out the A's. I think the Astros score a lot of runs tonight. And then I think whether it's Garcia or whether they try to throw a weaker reliever, I think throwing the weaker relievers for the Astros means the A's probably get a couple of runs. I think the Astros win this game something like 7-2. to two. I think over 8.5 makes some sense. I think this total should be 9, in my opinion. 8-10 Eastern short time, Dodgers at the Royals. Upper 80s to start, around 80 degrees to close. Winds will be blowing across in this one, so a little bit warmer weather than what we're seeing around the rest of the country. A no wind effect means maybe some runs in this one. Tony Gonsolin versus Daniel Lynch. Again, that the model says the total should be 9.2, and the total is actually 9. So the model would indicate maybe a slight lean over, but a fairly well-priced total in this one. Gonsolin, again, is not a guy that I believe in. I think he's good. We've talked about him a lot. Again, above average. Model gives him a 92 an above-average pitcher, just not as good as that 230 ERA. As the underlying metrics say, it should be more in the mid-threes. Again, good, just not great. Against Daniel Lynch, who is a 479 ERA, but the underlying metrics put it closer to four. He's fairly close to average here. And a lefty, which, again, the Dodgers get a little bit of a ding here facing a left-handed pitcher. Still a very good offense, but again, this Dodgers team offensively is much better against righties given that they're, again, still fairly left-handed and switch hitter heavy. So a Dodgers offense, that's still very good against lefties, but not quite as scary as they would be against righties. Dodgers, of course, have the edge with regards to relievers. Another situation, there's so many games that we're going to have this weekend where we say this team should for sure win and be favored. The question is just how much of a premium do you lay, knowing that baseball's random and weird things can happen. And I think this price is out of hand. Model says Dodgers minus 166. Again, home road matters here. I don't quite understand. It seems a little bit to me that kind of the underlying trend here for most of these games, now Phillies-Mets is kind of the one uh, uh, kind of counter to that so far here that we talked about that I can think of off the top of my head. But a lot of these are, you know, a home underdog here offers a little bit of a value here. And these big home, these big road favorites, a little bit scary, right? We talked about Padres being favored so heavily on the road, the Yankees being favored at all on the road, right? A little bit scary. They're here. Dodgers being favored on the road by this much. Again, they should be favored. But a price like minus 227 to me is just bonkers. I would not play the Dodgers at all tonight. It's Royals or pass. I think the Royals are worth an investment here at plus 205. Mathematically, the edge is so large here. It's just you have to look at it. That doesn't mean you have to play it, but I, I really encourage you to just look at it at least. Double click on this one and just see if you want to put just a little bit on the Royals here. Again, doesn't mean they win. I don't I think it's more likely they lose, but again, long term, these are the types of plus odds plays that make sense. Cause even if we win only 40% of them, they're going to be pretty profitable for us here. Plus 205, it's a B-grade pick for me on the Royals. And again, the game that the model says should be 166. So a lot of value here on Kansas City at home. Royals offense, that's 
below average, but not too terrible. Relievers below average, but not too terrible. An average starting pitcher. The Dodgers aren't going to win every game that they play. They're going to win a lot, but they're going to lose more than they would, than you'd think they would at prices like this, especially on the road. Again, model says Dodgers win this almost 63% of the time. So even if we only win this, you know, 35% of the time at plus 205, that's a great investment. So I'm on the Royals here at plus 205 with a B grade play. 8.15 Eastern start time, Brewers at the Cardinals. It'll be around 80 degrees to start and around 70 degrees to close in St. Louis. Winds will be blowing in, starting at 5 miles an hour, dying down as the night goes along, so not much of a wind effect here. Eric Lauer versus Jordan Montgomery, a pair of lefties. Two offenses that are fairly balanced. doesn't really matter if it's lefty or righty. They get around the same ratings. Cardinals, a slight edge offensively against the Brewers. The biggest issue with the Brewers, talk about this, they're so reliant on the home run ball. And that increases their variability, which I think is scarier when they're favored. I think it's works to our advantage when they're underdogs. Because when they're favored, you don't really want that variability. When you're favored, you want consistency. I think about I think about football, right? If you're the better team, you want more plays because you don't want a fewer number of plays where random things happen. I mean, if you're the Alabamas of the world in college football, you want a lot of plays. They finally figured that out. It took them a while. You want a lot of plays, you know, because you know in that long run, the extra plays, you're going to win the game because you're the better team than the other team. If you're the weaker team, you want fewer plays because you just want more like maybe we hit a big play, right? But we know in the long run, we're going to have a lot of three and outs. So we want to minimize the possession. Maybe we score in a couple and get lucky, right? It's the same thing here. The Brewers offense is all or nothing, which means when they're favored, that's scary because when you're favored, you just want a team that you're like consistently, they're going to go out and get you your four or five runs and be a solid offense and do what they're supposed to do. And the Brewers are like, they're going to score 10, maybe they're going to score 5, maybe they're going to score 1. You don't really know what you're going to get because they're so reliant on the home run ball. And as an underdog, I think that kind of plays into their strengths. It kind of is what you're looking for because if they don't show up, then whatever it is. I mean, they're an underdog. You weren't expecting to win it. You were just expecting to win enough to be profitable in the long term. And that's kind of the situation I see tonight here against the Cardinals. Their offense is a little bit worse than the Cardinals on average. It's just really variable. And on any given night, the Brewers' offense might be better than the Cardinals because if they start hitting home runs, that offense really could get going. Again, of course, they could throw up a goose egg. But as an underdog, that doesn't really bother me too much. Plus 151, I think it's pretty good value here on the Brewers. I've got them with a B play here in a game that they still have better relievers than the Cardinals despite trading away Josh Hader. Maybe that's actually a good thing with how bad Hader's looked lately. And a game where the starting pitcher edge for the Cardinals is fairly small here. I think this price is kind of crazy. The Cardinals should be favored because they're at home. But the model says it should be minus 120. Model says Cardinals at home and then a little bit of a boost, a little bit of a lean towards the Cardinals on a neutral field because the starting pitcher is a little bit better for them. Offense is a little bit better, but the relievers are worse. So the Cardinals should be favored, but not by much. Model says minus 120 plus 151 is pretty good value here. It's almost an A-grade play on the Brewers. I just can't quite get to an A just because that offense is just so inconsistent. They could easily throw up a goose egg. So two units to win three is a pretty comfortable investment, in my opinion. Again, we talk about these starting pitchers, Montgomery and Lauer, both with ERAs in the 350s. Underlying metrics, though, favor Montgomery. Um, his underlying metrics are pretty close to his ERA. Lauer's are almost a run higher. Again, Montgomery a better pitcher, just not by that much. Cardinals offense better, just not by that much. And the relievers on the Brewers are better. So again, it's a coin toss type game. Lean Cardinals for sure, 
But at plus 151, the Brewers offer a lot of value, in my opinion. It's a B-grade play for me there. And a game that the model says go under again, and I tend to agree here. Model says 7.1 on the runs with a total of 8. Again, it's almost like the totals today are being priced like it's a warm August night in these ballparks, and it's not going to be – the ball's not going to be really flying there. In St. Louis, what we see is a tale of two parks. It plays very pitcher-friendly when the weather's not hot, very hitter-friendly when the weather is hot, when you get those 100-degree days. Again, we're going to be in the mid-70s quickly in this one. Ball's not going to fly here tonight. Both these starting pitchers above average. Both sets of relievers above average. Eight, I think, is too high. It's definitely a place I would be looking toward the under in addition to the Brewers play that we have. 840 Eastern Start Time. Diamondbacks at the Rockies. It'll be another warm one in Denver. Another over yesterday there in that one. 90 degrees to start. 80 degrees to close, not quite as hot as yesterday, but still a warm one. Now, the wind will be blowing across to start, maybe out to finish, but it should stay fairly uh, low, around five miles an hour. So mainly here we're talking about warmer weather in Denver and, of course, a hitter-friendly ballpark. Though the total seems to be priced pretty well. Model says 11.9. The total that I'm seeing is 12. So the model says the total is priced fairly accurately here. This Dimebacks Rockies series, I feel like, are one of the toughest to handicap. We've got so many of them this season. I, I hope this is the last one. A tale of just two terrible bullpens. And when the weaker starters are going like today, two below average guys, you think, oh, there's going to be some runs, run cores, it's warmer. But these offenses aren't very good. And the Rockies offense against righties, again, not very exciting. Exciting against the lefty, but against the righty, not as much. Model's giving the Rockies a little bit of a boost here for home field. That's part of the reason why we only had the Cardinals as a C-grade pick yesterday because that Rockies home field advantage, the model was taking that to account. It's the same situation today. I'm fading the Rockies, but again, it's just like yesterday's game. That Rockies home field advantage, again, makes it where the edge is very small on the road team here. Not a strong investment right now in the Diamondbacks at plus 112. It's a C-grade pick. If I could get this in the plus 115, especially in the upper plus one teens, it's a B-grade pick. This is a coin toss type game, slightly Rockies. So I'm just looking at what sort of big plus odds we can get on the Diamondbacks. And, you know, plus 112, it's not a horrible play, but this Diamondbacks team, um, kind of all over the map against the Rockies team that's a little bit better than we've expected. Starting pitcher wise, again, both below average. Sensatella with the worst ERA, but that's inflated because of Coors Field. The underlying metrics favor Sensatella. He's closer to average than Davies is. But again, neither starting pitcher I really trust. Again, neither set of relievers I trust at all. This Diamondbacks offense, though, against righties projects to be much better than the Rockies offense against righties. So I think the Diamondbacks have a shot in this one on the road, but again, it's not one that I think offers a ton of value here. That's in the totals priced pretty well as well. If I had to do anything with the total, I would just go over simply because it's warmer, and that means some crazy things can happen in that ballpark, and the runs can really explode. Like I said, I'm really looking for plus 115 or higher on the Dunbacks to be more excited about this one. Again, a game that's fairly coin-tossy with only a slight edge to the Rockies, according to the model. More likely to win than not, but not by that much, and not worth laying a price like minus 120 or 125, according to the model. Not very many late games tonight, only two of them. The first one's at 9.35 Eastern. Twins at the Angels. It'll be around 80 degrees in Anaheim to start, mid-70s to close. A little bit warmer than usual there in Southern California. Winds will be blowing out around 10 miles an hour to start, dying down to around 5 miles an hour to finish. Again, but the model says total should be 8.2, and I'm seeing a total of 8, so fairly well-priced total one probably that I would stay away from here. I think 8's a pretty good number in this one. 
Tyler Malley versus Patrick Sandoval, two pitchers that I like here, two pitchers that get above average ratings, both around 90. Malley with a 449 ERA, but the underlying metrics say it should be in the upper threes. Again, his was inflated a little bit by pitching all those games in such a pitcher, excuse me, a hitter-friendly ballpark in Cincinnati. Sandoval, a 341 ERA, and the underlying metrics agree with that. I like Sandoval a lot. I like Malley a lot. I think both these pitchers are pretty good. The issue is that once you get past the starting pitchers, which are mostly a wash, Twins have much better relievers than the Angels and a much better offense than the Angels. The Twins should be favored in this one. Again, the question is just by how much. I think this price is short at 127. It's a B grade pick for me on the Twins. I think they should be a little bit more heavily favored than this. Model says minus 133. It's just enough for a B grade. 130 is about your cut point, in my opinion, for a B or a C grade. 130 is the question mark. If it's above 130, I'd still probably play the Twins in the low 130s, but it's not really an exciting investment. 130 is the question mark point, but in the 120s, it's a little bit more exciting. The Twins make a lot of sense here as a B grade pick. If I could get this under 120 or even at 120, probably it's more of an A grade play. And at this point, I like the Twins. I just don't love them. They've already been out on the West Coast, so there's not really any travel lingering issues there. Of course, still home foot advantage. Angels know that park. They're sleeping in their own beds, that sort of thing. But the fact that the Twins have been out in L.A., had an off day yesterday, means that the uh, travel effect that would be a little bit more concerning for a team in the central time zone going out West is minimized. And the Twins make sense here at minus 127. It's a B-grade play for me. And then wrapping us up at 10-15 Eastern Pirates at the Giants have one more big favorite for us. Again, a lot of big numbers. Kind of split here. Kind of playing some of the bigger favorites where I think there's some value. Kind of playing some of the dogs where I think there's some value here. I think there's value on the Giants at minus 258. It's a big great pick for me. I think this number should be larger. This Pirates team is one we like to back every once in a while when there's value. And they've been okay to us as underdogs. But this one, I just think... It's a massive mismatch for you. This Giants bullpen is terrible, and I don't like it, but this Pirates bullpen is just as bad, if not worse, and Bryce Wilson is not a guy I have any faith in. It's a massive starting pitcher discrepancy between Wilson and Radone. And on top of that, the biggest issue I have with Radone is when he faces better teams that can really work the pitch count on him. Radone's a guy who might only go five innings, and now you're thinking, how do we get four innings out of these terrible Giants relievers? But this Pirates offense, I don't think can do that against Radone. This is the type of outing where he can go seven, maybe eight innings. So it's one where if you don't like laying this big number, I would look into Radon's props. Again, as Cousin Jerry talked about yesterday, I'm not the strikeout prop guy. That's Jake. Maybe he can chime in on Twitter and he can tell you what he thinks about this, whether he thinks the number's right or not on the strikeouts. But a strikeout prop be one I might look into here for Radon. It's probably going to be a high number, but this Pirates team does strike out a lot. Or the innings prop might be one. I think, again, Radon is a guy who doesn't go deep when people work his pitch count so he can overextend himself. But I think he has success against this pretty bad Pirates offense. I think he can be the difference maker in this one. Giants offense well above average. Should score a lot of runs on Wilson. That's why this odds, again, I think are short. The Giants at home should score a ton of runs on the Pirates, and I don't see the Pirates going off Rodone. The only area that the Pirates have a reasonable chance, and, and I say this with the caveat of, again, baseball's weird, and every good pitcher gets hit around every once in a while. So, it's not to say the Pirates can't put up a five-spot on Rodon and everyone scratch their heads and say, oh, wow, that's not what we expected. Because something like that can happen. It's just not likely. The, the most likely place this goes awry is if the Pirates can get to the Giants' bullpen. That's the only real fear you have laying a price like this with the Giants because otherwise the Giants should score off a of Wilson and those Pirates relievers. Those Pirates relievers, you can always count on giving up some runs. 
And again, Radon should shut down the Pirates, and I think he can give us some length and minimize how many innings those Giants relievers have to pitch. At 258, I think the Giants are worth an investment. It's a B-grade play. The price is too steep for it to get an A-grade just in general. I'd have to be more in the in the low minus 200s to really be confident because it's such a huge price. But model says it should be 283, so a solid edge here on the Giants. I think they are worth a look, even though the price is big. I think they can close out the evening late on the West Coast for us with an easy Big favorite winner. Again, I'm taking Giants minus 258 with a big great pick. And again, the model says should be minus 283. And another game that the model says over involving both of these teams. The model's been kind of riding these overs with the Pirates and the Giants. It's mostly worked out if you've been playing those. Again, the Pirates leaders, you can always trust to give up some runs. The model says 7.8. Total of actually 7. I would not go under for sure. If you were going to look under, you might want to look Pirates team total under. But again, I'd rather just isolate Radon than doing that because if you're playing Pirates team total under, you are counting on Radon to go deep. Why not just bet Radon to go deep? Because you never know how many runs the Pirates might score off of some of those bad Giants relievers, especially if they get up, you know, eight to one or something like that. Uh, they throw some of their weaker relievers. Pirates might put up a few garbage runs. So I'd rather just isolate Radon at that point than go Pirates team total under if I was playing a team total I'd probably play Giants over and just expect that ballpark is not extremely pitcher friendly anymore it plays fairly neutral um, Bryce Wilson those Pirates relievers ought to give up some runs to the Giants again a Giants team that's fairly left-handed heavy and so facing a righty um, again should put up a lot of runs so I might play the Giants team total over if you if you didn't like game over again model says just play the game over but if you're a little bit concerned about Renault shutting up the Pirates, which is on the table, that Giants team total over might be a nice way to isolate. Again, you could always count on the Pirates or Leavers giving up runs. And so that is all of today's games. I got three A plays for you right now. Guardians at plus 149 at the Blue Jays. The Rays at minus 141 at home against the Orioles. And the Red Sox at plus 107 against the Yankees. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. And a reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.